You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour in this Monday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We'll hear from Bill Belichick. Shocking sound from Bill Belichick. Something I haven't heard from Bill Belichick before. That'll be coming up. By the way, we have a lot of wonderful fans. And look, if you buy a calendar or T-shirt or you call in or you just listen, you know, we appreciate that. And occasionally you'll have a fan who goes above and beyond. And, and we have a friend, Sugar, in Arizona, and he got tattoos of us on his thighs. And it's kind of strange when a, you meet a man and he pulls his pants down in front of you to show you your face on his thigh. And uh, he did one for Paulie, did one for myself, did one for McLovin. And they're large. They're large, you know, these beautiful tattoos. And so I don't know what happens now. McLovin is leaving us on Thursday, and I don't know if Sugar is going to have to somehow remove that tattoo because you don't want to have a traitor on, you know, on your thigh. But uh, Seton and Fritzy, I don't know if Sugar ever got tattoos of you guys. And you first met Sugar, didn't you, Seton? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Sugar eventually got us all done. I know he had the uh, popular box score logo also tattooed. Oh, man. He had the Dan Patrick Show logo, the now defunct box score. And I'm pretty sure the rest of us eventually got on there right next to... Uh, I'm pretty sure Steve Urkel is in there as well. Urkel? Some, yeah. Okay. Did I do that? Yeah. Yes, Paul. It's like in an XFL tattoo. It's it's very tenuous, some of these things he tattoos on himself. Well, he really loves the show. And, and look, I don't recommend this because, you know, probably not a great life decision, but Sugar was a wonderful guy, great personality, and he pulled down his pants when we first met him, and he showed us that he had... Our, we were at a bar. Do you... Like, it's one of those where you go, okay, is anybody looking at this man pulling down his pants to then show our faces on his thigh? In Portland? Is that where that was? I'm pretty yeah. sure we're at a bar in Portland. Oh, yeah. well, then that happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, a, that's not a big deal. But I, first of all, it's kind of shocking when you have your face on a guy's thigh. And then, you know, Paulie goes, I'm kind of creeped out that I'm on his thigh. And Paulie goes, you know, I, I, I asked Sugar if he would not put my face on his thigh. Like, where would you be okay with another man putting your face, Paulie? Look, I, I understand, like, if you put your face on, you're pretty much like a legendary sports figure in the media, and you're going to be. I'm a sports radio producer. I'm not, I don't want to be on someone's thigh. In 20 years, someone's going to be like, who's that guy? I recognize the guy, <laughs> the main guy. Who, who's that dork? We mentioned this to start the show somehow, that I was in France, and I was there. I wanted to go to Normandy, and my wife uh, got me this this trip for Christmas a couple of years ago. Just I was I had to go to Normandy. I, I, I wanted to walk those beaches. I wanted to see everything I could. And you go to the uh, the American cemetery where those who died are buried. And it's it's an unbelievable scene. It's a, it's immaculately kept. It's it's pristine. It's beautiful. And we had a, a driver and he said, look, I'm going to get you there right before five o'clock. They, they play taps where they have the U.S. flag and they, they bring it down while they're playing taps. They do it every single day to honor those, you know, our, our fallen soldiers. And I said, I, I got to see that. And we get there and, and it, you know, get, people are gathering around this huge flagpole and they start to play taps and they bring the flag down. And, and nobody's saying anything. It's so silent. 
except for one person who claims to be our biggest fan, who's there behind me, who taps me on the shoulder as I'm crying and videotaping this, and he wants to know if he can get a picture, and he also wants to know where Tom Brady is going. This was, this was before Brady went to Tampa Bay. McLovin is really good friends with uh, this guy whose name is Sully. Yes, McLovin. Yeah, Michael Sullivan, all that, what you said is true, legit fan. Okay. And Sully joins us on the phone. Good morning, Sully. 62245. Yep. Do you have a statement prepared, Sully? First of all, Dan, as soon as I did this interaction, which all you said is true, I was crying also, immediately regretted it. Immediately. I'm like, we're at this pristine, everything you just talked about, everything you talked about, and then all of a sudden, there you're standing. And look, a lot has to work out, like McLovin had said. And first of all, Fritzy, what's up, my man? Pauly, Seton, fellas, how we doing? And then that moment happens, Dan, and I just, it's like, okay, when am I ever going to get a chance to talk to Dan Patrick? Did you, did, did Sully, did, did you give any thought to maybe waiting 90 seconds? <laughs> Immediately after I said hello, yes. <laughs> Immediately after all this goes down that you talked about this morning, yes. I was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because then I panicked that I ruined the moment for you. You did. I ruined. I know. Dan, I've been thinking about this since July 6, 2019. (laughs) Never did I ever think that I'd be blasted on my favorite sports talk radio show and getting dragged along the – suck it, Sully's a – one of the best. Thank, I, whoever that called in, suck it, Sully. Amazing. <laughs> I I showed the Danettes the video. I have the video on my phone, and <sighs> I'm playing it. And the only thing that you don't hear is you <laughs> tapping me on the shoulder. <sighs> it is so quiet, and and it's so solemn. And then yep. I got this big guy behind me. He's like, hey. Can I get a picture when this all's done? Where's Brady going? Where's, you know? Wait, wait, where, where? And then he got that, you know, Boston accent. Where do you think Brady's going? Oh, and I said, I don't Dan, know. Dan, Hell, just Dan, like you. Dan, have you ever had that moment where you had an interaction and immediately after you're like, why did I just do it? Like that second of pause and rationality out the window. Yeah. 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 That's exactly how I felt. And I told, I got in the car after and we were driving back to Paris <laughs> and I looked at my now fiance. I'm like, I don't know what I, why I just did that. Did your fiance but, say anything? Like, what are you doing? Or, it, it happened so fast that she looked over and she's like, what did you just do? And I'm like, I immediately regretted <laughs> what I just, I just interrupted a moment for that guy. And you I know heard what, you know what I'm going to do, Sully? Uh, During the ceremony, when you get married, I'm going to tap you on the shoulder and then I'm going to ask for a picture and an autograph. Is that okay? Well, do you know what, what I wanted to tell you, Dan? This is exactly what I wanted to tell you. I found your show 13 years ago when I moved from Boston to Los Angeles. When I was in a very dark time in my life. I don't, found you guys Sully, online. Sully, don't no. try to make me feel bad. I'm not going to cry. No, I, no, I don't. We already had our crying moment. But okay. I really wanted to let you know. You and everybody the Danettes, everybody that's been involved 
on the Dan Patrick show for the past 13 years when I found you guys. Thank you for everything you guys got me through. 13 years ago, I got sober, and I was in a very dark, dark place in my life. And coming from Boston, I didn't know sports talk radio shows had positivity, had laughter, had that banter, because it was always just all negative back in Boston. And when I found you guys, and I saw the interaction that you guys had, this is a long time ago, so it wasn't what it is now. You guys have, I'm not kidding, you've gotten me through some very dark, dark times, and I'm so glad that now, in the right moment, not in Normandy, I can say thank you to everybody involved in the Dan Patrick Show. You guys have been a huge part still of my life. At 6 o'clock, Monday through Friday, I try to catch you guys when I'm doing stuff in the office or when I'm in my car on the series radio. I'm very, very grateful that I've been able to listen to you guys and have those moments of, I can just shut my head off when I turn on the Dan Patrick Show. I'm very, very grateful. I can't apologize enough for that moment, Dan, of ruining that special. I had listened to your show. When you Okay, so Dan, put yourself in my shoes. You're in Normandy. You're at the cemetery. You're taking it all in, and all of a sudden you look and you're like, oh, that's Dan Patrick. This is my moment I can say thank you. Out the window. Everything goes out the window. Sully, two things. Yeah. Yeah. Very happy for you. Thank you. Second of all, <laughs> your speech was longer than the ceremony in Normandy. Okay? All right? I need to give a shout-out to my man Richard Jefferson, too. He's a huge fan of mine. <laughs> no shout-out, Sully. Damn. Uh, well, Sully, thanks for calling in. Thanks for ruining the moment in Normandy. And uh, I might show up at your wedding. I hope you do, Dan. I appreciate everything you guys do. I hope you have a great rest of your Monday. Thank you, buddy. That's, uh, that's Sully, McLovin's friend. Yes, McLovin. He was doing so good, then he got Fritzy-esque on the speech. Yeah. Half and half. I know. Cut it in half, Sully. Glad you got sober. Could have stopped there. You know? He made me want to drink after I met him. <laughs> and I got, but my wife said, that guy know you? I go, sort of. And, and my wife has seen it all with, you know, people who come up to me, you know, usually men. And she goes, well, what did he want? I said, he wanted a, he wanted a picture and an autograph. She goes, here? I go, yes. And she goes, but you're, you're crying. I go, yeah, I know. Because of the ceremony, not because of Sully. Yeah, Paulie. I can just imagine, though, like that could have been the conversation. If he would have got you and pulled you away, you could have, you could have done 12 minutes with him. Oh, man. And then, it, you know, so we get the picture, and, and he tells McLovin, man, Dan was really nice. Well, I didn't know what else to say. or I was like, okay, you know, it happens. I appreciate it. You know, one day people stop asking you for an autograph or a picture. But in that moment, like he could have, if he waited two minutes, we would have been okay. Yes, Eden. And there's just something that adds so much to the story, actually, which is already phenomenal. Then hearing that Boston accent, oh, yeah. damn wicked excited to meet you, yeah, bud. Yeah. And then he gives me the, <laughs> where do you think Brady's going? Where's Tommy going, huh? And I went, oh, my God. <laughs> Listen in my car. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every morning in my car. But but my wife will always say, if we go to another country, said, do you think you'll be recognized? And I said, yes. You know, it'll it'll happen in the strangest places. And lo and behold, at the cemetery in France.
Yes, McLaughlin. So is that the strangest, or has there been other countries? I know you've traveled internationally a lot. Yeah, um, nothing comes to mind, but but for the most most part, you get like my voice will give me away. You know, somebody might not recognize me because I usually have a hat on and glasses. And, you know, you, my wife says, I don't know how they know who you are. I go, my voice. Because most people probably you're listening in your car with radio or if you're watching TV and you watch SportsCenter, you would, you know, be listening. You would hear the voice. So I'm guessing that's that's probably why. Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick didn't say too much after Saturday's loss against the Colts. But he always has his Monday morning early meet with the media. And he likes to get it out of the way, show up early. And here is how Bill Belichick started his press conference this morning. Look, fellas, I apologize if, you know, I seemed like I was a little short with you after the game. Um, You know, obviously a frustrating game. Down 20 to nothing, didn't do anything well enough. I mean, there isn't really much to say at that point without watching the film. Clearly, we had problems in every area. So, you know, there was no no simple answer. And, you know, every play could have been better. Every every area of coaching could have, could have been better. Every area of playing could have been better. And any of that would have helped. So, um, you know, not, not really trying to be short, but honestly, there wasn't too much to say. I don't know that there's a whole lot more to say now, but, you know, it's not your fault. That was a frustrating game. What just happened? Did you edit that, Seton? Is that doctored? No, as a matter of I got like, are we in trouble? Like, what just happened? Hold on a second. What's going on here? You're not blaming us. Yeah, Paulie. Is there a body switching movie being <laughs> produced by someone with the NFL like the... Is, is Lindsay Lohan going to be in this movie? And what could he have possibly said that made him feel like, wow, I was really short with the media last night. I better apologize this morning after the last 20 years. Yeah. What could he have possibly done that was shorter than what he's been doing? Maybe the girlfriend? Wowzers. Yes, Todd. It's like he was v- voted by... Uh, well, he's, he was, <laughs> Wait, oh. Slow down. He was, slow down. <laughs> slow it's th- like he was visited by the ghost of Christmas future, <laughs> that if he continues to behave like this and act like this towards the media... Best and worst of the weekend, Todd, start with you. <laughs> Best win- oh. Happy anniversary to that clip. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you said, Todd, but... <laughs> Yes, McLovin. He actually had a good point. It is like he was visited by the ghost of Christmas future, but he didn't really say it. <laughs> it took a few seconds to get to I lost my train of thought. One of a kind. <laughs> You've been quiet for an hour. What happens. And you're not you talking have... enough. You're talking too much. You're making no, weird no, sounds. I just said slow down. That's all I said. Getting all sensitive on me. You okay? I'll be right. It's the holidays. What does that mean? I don't know what that means. <laughs> I thought I had something interesting to say. It just came out very You awkwardly. did, and I just said, slow down. That's all? Yes, Paul? I'm like you. I, I got to know the origin behind this. This is not a new thing. I watched Saturday post game. Oh, I thought you were talking about Fritz. Oh, yeah, that too. You could interchangeable. <laughs> I'm a Patriots fan. I hate this. I don't want him being a nice guy and easy going with the media. 
All right, uh, Carson Palmer is going to join us. Did he agree with what the Ravens did against the Green Bay Packers? And how do you explain what happened to Tom Brady last night? Back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Oh, Sleep IQ technology, your sleep number, that 360 smart bed. You got to get into one of their stores because uh, Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League, has all kinds of tips for you. Holiday season, festive, it's fun, but it's stressful. Gift shopping, decorating, hosting, traveling, it takes a toll. You got to get quality sleep. And if you go into a Sleep Number store, ask about Sleep IQ technology. Ask about how do you get your sleep number. And ask about that holiday sales that they have going on right now. Special financing for a limited time only at a Sleep Number store. Sleepnumber.com. Save up to $500 on select Sleep Number 360 smart beds. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments are required. See sleepnumber.com slash Patrick for details. They have all kinds of tips for getting a great night's sleep, not just for you, but also for your children. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This program brought to you by Level Select CBD. Provides targeted relief, helps treat everyday discomfort when you need it the most. Go to LevelSelectCBD.com. Make sure you use the promo code DP30. $30 off your entire order. $30 off LevelSelectCBD.com. Promo code DP30. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, and South Dakota. Former NFL quarterback, of course, Heisman Trophy winner at USC, Carson Palmer, joining us on the program. Carson, I want you to listen to Bill Belichick this morning and tell me if this sounds like the Bill Belichick that you know. Look, fellas, I apologize if, you know, I seemed like I was a little short with you after the game. Um, you know, obviously a frustrating game, down 20 to nothing, didn't do anything well enough. I mean, there isn't really much to say at that point without watching the film. Clearly, we had problems in every area. So, you know, there was no, no simple answer. And, you know, every play could have been better, every – Every area of coaching could have could have been better. Every area of playing could have been better, and any of that would have helped. So, um, Carson, who is that guy? That, that's Steve Belichick, isn't that his son <laughs> apologizing to the media? Bill doesn't apologize to the media. He doesn't even acknowledge the media most of the time. I can't believe I just heard that. Yeah, I I don't know what happened. Like of all the times when he's disrespectful to the media. Whatever happened when they lost to the Colts, that made him like, the, oh, you know, I got to apologize to the media. Well, it is the first time he's lost to the Colts in a solid two or three decades. So <laughs> maybe just something came over him and some, some emotions came over him that he just wasn't quite sure how to handle and how to let out. Did you see Brady during the game last night go over to Dennis Allen, who was filling in for Sean Payton, and, and he – basically says bleep you like he has an exchange with him how often does that happen it's only happened a handful of times the new york giants got a, a, a certain level of frustration out of brady a couple different times in super bowls and last night i mean they they couldn't move the ball unless they were throwing little tiny short passes and obviously with all the injuries they had at, at outside with their receiving core 
Um, but I mean, you saw it a little bit last year in the Super Bowl with Tyron Matthew when he got frustrated with Tyron down in the red zone. You saw it last night. I mean, they they put up zero points against a a very average to below average uh, team in New Orleans. I know that defense is good, but I mean that that that's the kind of Brady, um, you know that that those exclamation points, those bleep you things, you just don't typically see unless you really frustrate him. You hit him. You make him move off of his spot in, in the pocket, and that's what New Orleans did all night long. They kept him frustrated. He wasn't on his game. They weren't on their game in Tampa, and that defense just they, – they just continued to eat as the night went on and, and held him to zero points. Have you ever yelled at an opposing coach during a game? I'm sure I have. I'm, I'm sure I have multiple times. It's just hard to actually get caught where, where you can actually mouth <laughs> and, see, and see the words that, that you're saying to that individual. That very rarely happens, but – you know, we, you've seen it, it happen. I, I've seen it happen during games with Brady where he's yelling and screaming at, at guys. That's the intensity you want from your quarterback. That's the intensity uh, you want out of the guys you're lining up in the huddle. You just don't want to get caught on TV with the bleep you. But can you play mad at that position? If anybody can, it's Brady. I mean, Brady's played in just about every mindset throughout the years, uh, throughout his career. It's a little bit harder, uh, you know, when when you're exchanging words on the sideline and just when you're throwing out the the end of that bleep, the CK of that bleep, your headset starts coming in and here comes the next play. So you got to really quickly reload, get whatever thoughts that are in your head uh, out so that you can hear that next play because you, you know, now you're on the play clock. You only have 25 seconds to, to hear that play, get to the huddle and relay it. And he just, that was just one of those nights. It's its fun. I mean, you know, unless you're a, a New England fan when he was there, a Tampa Bay fan, it's fun to see Brady get mad. It's fun to see him get animated and see him get blanked and see him put up a, a goose egg every once in a while because it's so rare. What did you think of John Harbaugh going for two, going for the win against the Packers? I loved it. I, I don't care what anybody says. He's down a bunch of guys there. Everybody on defense is essentially hurt. He's down his MVP quarterback. He knows if he kicks the extra point, and goes to goes to extra time. The odds aren't in his favor. When you go to extra periods and and overtime, and you don't have your quarterback, and you don't have six starters on defense, and you're down your left tackle and your right guard, and so on and so on. I like trying to go for the win and and letting it ride. And it's really a gamble at that point. But it's just as much of a gamble going into overtime. Maybe you lose the coin toss again. You're down starters on defense. You're down starters on offense. Trying to put the game away there and move on and get to next week. I, I get it. I love it. Unfortunately, it didn't work out this time. But I have the weapon of Justin Tucker. I, like, I can't I, – I have to acknowledge that, that if I get to overtime, yes, if they win the coin toss, there's a great chance they might go down and score a touchdown. But if we win the toss, I still have Justin Tucker to put us up three points and really put some pressure on Aaron Rodgers. So while I'm, I'm, I love that they went for it and John Harbaugh gave his team the confidence that he believed in them, I got a backup quarterback who had one read and he missed Hollywood Brown who was wide open as well. I love Justin Tucker too, but we're talking about a kicker. I mean, we're talking about going to extra periods. You got Aaron Rodgers and a team that's what eleven and three on on the opposing sideline. You've got all kinds of weapons at their disposal. You have very few weapons, like you just said. You're on your backup quarterback going into extra time. I think Justin Tucker's uh, potentially a Hall of Famer, one of the greatest kickers I, I've ever seen. But at the end of the day, I like letting it ride and seeing if you can get out of there with a win in one play, as opposed to having to play an entire an entire another, uh, excuse me another period after that.
Are you sold on the Saints having a quarterback going into next season? No, no. The Saints will be drafting, trading, something. Something will happen, but they will not move forward. I, I still, you know, Taysom, Taysom Hill just signed a contract, and it's a great contract to be a weapon and, and be kind of that utility knife that he can play on special teams. He can run down and cover kicks. He can play running back, receiver, quarterback. He will be in that system, obviously, with his new contract, but they will be looking for a new starting quarterback for sure. It feels like the Colts are succeeding, but not because of Carson Wentz. It feels like it's their defense and Jonathan Taylor. So how do you, what are they, eight and six? They're a playoff caliber team, but I, I just don't know how much can you rely on Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz is unfortunately not the quarterback we thought he was four years ago. I mean, Carson Wentz is right now what he's put on tape over the last three years is he's, a, he's an average quarterback. Uh, he's not in that top tier of five or ten guys. He's not in the bottom tier of, of those bottom five or ten guys. He's right in the middle of the pack. Uh, there's some plays that that you watch when he plays, and th- that pick he threw into to triple coverage kind of near the end of the game. There, there's just some plays you can't make yeah. uh, if you are a top five or top ten quarterback. Fortunately for Carson, they've got an unbelievable defense. I mean, they have some ball hawks. They have some receivers playing corner and safety. Love their linebacker core. They can rush the passer. They can stop the run. That offensive line, I just wish that offensive line was there when Andrew Luck was there. It was the <laughs> the opposite. Um, but they are absolutely thriving with with and you know at, at this point in his career, a very average point in Carson Carson Wentz's career. They're thriving. They're finding ways to win. But as this team gets to the final stretch of the season, as, as they get in the playoffs, he's get, he is susceptible. He he is. Um, something you almost have to protect. You you need to protect his bad play. You need to protect those errant decisions and throws that he's made because they're good enough everywhere else to win a playoff game or maybe two with that running back and that defense. Your Arizona Cardinals were five and two through seven games last season. Then they go three and six. So we've been talking about your Cardinals and then they go cross country and they get roughed up by the lines. Are we headed down the same road this year? Uh, I'm, I am concerned about it. Seeing DeAndre Hopkins on the sideline, I mean, that that has been Kyler Murray's blanket of, of security. I mean, there is no doubt when Kyler gets in the back in the pocket and he can't quite see what's going on, he just finds a way to find DeAndre somewhere else. on the. He may have had him on a curl. He needs to find him streaking across the field or taking off down the sideline. That's been a massive security blanket He's thrown game winners like like the the Hail Mary he threw against Buffalo a couple years ago at home. He's on third down, he's consistently found him. Last week in Chicago on fourth and two, he threw him a go route where he threw an unbelievable ball and DeAndre made a great catch over the shoulder for a touchdown. That blanket is gone. DeAndre's not coming back. He will not be on the sidelines. He will not be suited up this year, unfortunately. So that is a huge concern. I mean, going in into Detroit and lo- losing to a very hungry Detroit team that wants to make a statement against one of the best teams in the NFC was not ideal. And that was just a blip in the road. But unfortunately, I think the bigger issue outside of losing to Detroit is they lost DeAndre Hopkins down yeah. the stretch. This is when DeAndre makes way. And this is when DeAndre makes game-winning plays in December and into January. And unfortunately, now we're going to really see what Kyler's made of. You know, he's lost some guys throughout the year. They lost Chase Edmonds, who they just got back. Um, he lost Larry Fitz. Obviously, Larry, Larry Fitz retired last year. 
Now without DeAndre, we're really going to see how great this young quarterback is, and I can't wait to watch him play these last couple weeks. His body language is really bad, though. Like when things go bad, and you know that, Carson, it's really hard to like, damn, that's not my fault, but I'm going to get blamed for it. Um, He's showing blame, and I don't know if he's aware of it, but his body language was bad yesterday. The good news is his body language is not Jay Cutler bad. It's bad, <laughs> but it could be worse. But no doubt. I mean, when, when you know, that, that's something, you know, when you look at. How do you, know, you explain Jay career, Cutler's body language? Awful. <laughs> with a capital A and a capital W. No doubt. I mean, it, it's bad. And, and I, I just look back at his short career. He only played one year in college. He only had one opportunity in college to really be the guy and be the leader and be the captain and be the guy that can't have bad language. And then he, he thrust right into the NFL and started week one. So he hasn't had the ups and downs. He hasn't had the peaks and valleys and the adversity that makes you be tough, that makes you put on a, a, you know, a, a winning face and not have a losing face or, or have that bad body language. He hasn't gone through that as a player yet, but it's bad. Um, there's no doubt about it. You can tell his teammates and the guys around him since it. That's something that Kyler definitely needs to work on. I can't figure out the Titans and the Steelers. I thought I figured out the Titans because they were beating really good teams. And it comes down to, can Ryan Tannehill win a game for you? I, 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 I thought they had a great game plan running the ball, felt like they were going to dominate the Steelers. And Pittsburgh wins that game. How do you explain that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I, I feel like they're, they're pretty well figured out. Tennessee is, is a one-man show. It's a Derrick Henry show. And they got away with some wins, and they found a way to win without him those first couple weeks. They found a way to lose to some really bad teams without him since he, he's gone down. Um, so they are what they are. I mean, they're a 9-7 and seven team, you know, at the end of the year. Maybe they make a, a playoff run. Maybe they can squeak in, but they're not getting past anybody in the playoffs. Pittsburgh, at the end of the day, Pittsburgh's just not very good. They're just really, really well coached. And that organization is that organization for a reason because they do it right year in, year out through their, their history. They happen to have, you know, Ben still, you know, he's still a Hall of Famer. He's still one of the best that I ever played against personally. He's at the end of the road. But that team is just so well coached. And, and there is such a belief in Tomlin and his system and next man up mentality. We've seen that through through his tenure. We've seen it through – Coach Cowher's tenure before Mike Tomlin got there. That organization, that coaching staff, the way they're built, even when they're bad, that's a bad football team. There's a couple of good players on defense and a handful of of pretty good players on offense, but that team is so well coached. That organization is so well run. They're going to win games they shouldn't, and they're going to beat some teams they have no business beating. And then they're, they're because they're not that great, they're going to lose to some bad teams. They're going to get blown out like they did against Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. But that team will find a way to, to be a winning team like they have every year since Mike Tomlin's been there. And that's why you wanted Mike Tomlin as the next head coach at USC. Maybe after maybe Lincoln Riley leaves for the NFL, <laughs> and then maybe we can get him. I, he's one of the best I ever played against, and I love watching his teams play. But they're just not that good on, on offense or defense, unfortunately. Were, were you treated worse by the fans in Pittsburgh or Cleveland? Pittsburgh, for sure. Absolutely. How so? There's, there's just a hatred. You walk into Heinz Field, there's a hatred. It doesn't matter what jersey you got on. If it's not black and yellow, there's a certain hatred. And you feel it and you love it. And it's a great, great energy. Not that the energy in Baltimore is anything 
um, to shake a stick at because I love playing in Baltimore. Baltimore is the most college-like atmosphere. They've got the band. Um, they've got all these festivities. They've got the, the pregame intro where Ray Lewis and Terrell Suggs would do their dances. Um, two great, great venues, but there's nothing like, especially when you're an interdivision team and you're playing for the Bengals, Browns, or Ravens, and you walk into Heinz Field, especially on a Sunday night or a Monday night game, against in that atmosphere against those fans it's like having a 12th defender on the field sometimes because they are so tense and the electricity in that stadium is so great we've seen some of these quarterbacks kenny pickett's not going to play in the peach bowl and i'm curious when the playoffs expand to 12 schools then you're going to have some real hard decisions by some of these players i i don't have any problem if you know kenneth walker doesn't want to play in the peach bowl as a running back any running back um, you don't want to play, or Pickett doesn't want to play. But what's it going to be like, though, when we get to the playoffs and now you're going to be playing in a playoff game as opposed to a you know the Peach Bowl? I, I think there's going to be far fewer players tapping out and saying they're not going to play if, they're, if their team is in the playoffs. Now, if they're in some bowl that just got named last month that we don't know about, I, I can understand a guy sitting out, but as soon as you have a chance to play for a national championship and it is dependent on whether you win or lose that week, I think a majority of those guys, if not a hundred percent of them decide they're going to play and they're going to be there for their team and see if they can win a national championship. Always great to talk to you, Carson. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Dan. That's Carson Palmer, former NFL quarterback, Heisman trophy winner at uh, USC. A couple of phone calls. Take a break. Chris in South Carolina. Hi, Chris. Thanks for holding. Best and worst of the weekend. Good morning, Dan. Just wanted to call in. Uh, best of the weekend was um, at one of the college football games. I guess a Cincinnati fan had a sign held up that said, we kind of want Bama. <laughs> uh, worst of the – oh, and I meant to tell you, it's uh, six foot and a gelatinous Ooh, 220. Okay. Worst of the weekend is my boy TB being shut out in TB. And uh, just wanted to say, I know we're not giving uh, any kind of goodbyes, but somebody needs to tell McLovin not to do it. We've already had a McLovin on TV, and the world knows him as Andy Dick. Love your body of work, Dan. Roll Tide. All right. Thank you, Chris. Yes, McLovin. We've already had a McLovin. You're supposed to say the guy from the movie, not Andy Dick. Yeah. Got a little confused there. Well, didn't people mistake you for Andy Dick? You did. Not, I don't know if other people did. <laughs> oh. Well, I mean, and I miss a lot of Clive Owens, obviously. No, you, no, you, you, you maybe, tell maybe, people. Maybe it was film critic Owen Gleiberman. I'm not sure exactly. No, no, you tell people, don't I look like Clive Owen? And then they say no, but you still keep doing that. Yeah, I could see the no. I can see that. Paulie tried to do Jason Statham for years. Years. He, he's a lot closer to Jason yes, Statham he is. than I am. Yes, he, yes, he is. Thank and, you. And Todd looks like Paulie from Rocky. Wonderful. Who do you think you look like, Todd? I don't know. Growing up, I got a lot of Donny Osmond and things like that, and Tom <laughs> Hanks and, and uh, Knight Rider. When I had a big afro head of curly hair. Now, I'm not so much. There was a, a baseball player. I'm trying to think who played like on the oh. Yankees or Indians. Nick Swisher. Yeah, Swisher. You you, you like did that. look like Nick Swisher. You probably still do, but but Paulie Paulie from Rocky, you you look like Rocky's brother. That's unfortunate. Yeah. 
<laughs> but it's one of your favorite movies. I love it. How do you think Paulie feels? He's probably that extremely go, insulted. Man, you look a lot like that Fritzy guy. You can't possibly like that. No. We'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow, right after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, I'm Doug Gottlieb. The podcast is called All Ball. We usually talk all basketball all the time, but it's more about the stories about what made these people love their sport and all the interesting interactions along the way. We talk to coaches. We talk to players. We tell you stories. You download it. You listen to it. I think you'll like it. Listen to All Ball with Doug Gottlieb on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Golf tournament over the weekend, a far cry from a major, but it was a necessary step that could lead to Tiger's return to a certain degree. And he'll never be 100%, but still, it was fun. Father-son duo with Charlie and Tiger. And, uh, you know, they had fun. You could see that. Uh, Charlie wasn't the center of attention this year like he was the last time they played. I tuned in to see Tiger as opposed to the previous time tuning in to see Tiger's son. And they put on a show. And Tiger hit some great shots. He had a 340-yard drive and a par five. But just getting back, getting his legs, being able to walk, you know, because he was taking a cart, being comfortable, hitting those shots, putting torque on that leg. I mean, that's going to take a long time. Uh, I, I just don't see him in April playing at Augusta, unless it's more of a ceremonial playing at Augusta. But that's a really tough course to walk. And certainly you always have these uneven lies. And it's, it, it'll be challenging for him to be able to get into a position like that. Uh, I don't, wouldn't bet against him, but it feels like Charlie may have a better chance to play at Augusta than Tiger does. Yeah, Paul. Are you at all surprised that Tiger Woods got his son so fully into golf, knowing the well, pressure? Well, I'd like to and- know about his daughter. I'd like to know if she likes playing golf. And, and I don't know if anybody asked Tiger about that, but his son plays golf. But it feels like he's wired the same way as his dad. And you're out there, you want to do things that your dad's doing, and you probably do it, and it's just ingrained. Like, this is what we do. Hey, we're going to go hit some golf balls. Hey, let's go play nine holes. Yeah. And that's what Tiger does. Tiger works out, would run, and he would hit golf balls. I mean, that's, that's what he's always done. But, you know, it's, it's a great moment to be able to share anything with your children. But something like that, I mean, you got cameras on a, what, an 11-year-old, and he's totally unfazed by it. Couple of phone calls. Final results of the poll question, McLovin. Okay, we actually put up without your permission a poll. If you could watch one of the fi- uh, one of the games that's coming up, which would it be? Uh, Cleveland Raiders, mm-hmm. Rams, Seahawks, Viking Bears, or Washington Football Team and the Eagles? People want to see the Rams, Seahawks. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Be- because if Seattle wins now, all of a sudden Seattle is not. That It feels like if they lose, then all of a sudden we start with, where's Russ going to play next year? Although we've already started that. Jesse in Atlanta. Hi, Jess. What's on your mind today? 
Hey, Dan. Good morning, fellas. Good morning, Jess. Seaton, Polly, and uh, Fritzy. Thank you for the dedication. Big loving, <laughs> man. I hate to see you go, but uh, I love to see you leave, fellas. Great job. Best of worst of the weekend. Uh, best is that I found out that uh, McLovin was leaving. Worst of the weekend is that now Dan has to bring in more stuff to put on his desk. All right. Well, thank, thank you, Jesse. I think that there was some, you know, real feelings, mixed emotions there, maybe. No, I, they didn't sound very mixed to me. <laughs> I don't know that that's normally the way that phrase works. What's that? Hate to see you go, but love to watch you leave. Mm. Sure, that's exactly the meaning of that. But <laughs> Yeah, you usually say that to a... Uh, Attractive woman. <laughs> hey, this will cheer you up. Doug in North Carolina is with us. Hey, Doug. Hey, Dan. I'll, I don't know if you'll remember this, but a couple of years ago, you and I took a selfie at Auschwitz together, and I wanted to thank you for that wow. really special uh, memory. Wow. Best of the weekend, I saw this new uh, trailer for this Lakers show that's coming out on HBO Max, and it looks incredible. Yeah. Worst of the weekend, and I really wanted to get your opinion on this because I can't believe this is not being uh, is not more newsworthy. But after Godwin got hit, and you just reported a little while ago that he's out for the season, I was shocked at what Chris Collinsworth said on the broadcast. He, I'm paraphrasing this horribly, but he basically said receivers would much rather be hit in the head than in the legs. And I know the guy's out for the season, but I can't believe Roger Goodell and the NFL were happy with that. And I'm wondering if you heard then what your thoughts. Yes, were. and and I. I've heard it before, Doug. I've heard it from receivers. And I don't want to attach a name to it because I want to make sure that I, I have the person right who told me this. But, you know, this person said, if I get hit in the head, I'm out a week. If I get hit in the legs, I could be out for the season. So I know it was cringeworthy when Chris said it. And Chris is a former wide receiver. It might be cringeworthy, but it's true. Ask Gronk. Gronk would tell you he'd rather get hit up top in his head than he would down low. I mean, he, he missed part of his season when he got hit uh, down low. But receivers, it, it's a dirty secret, folks. That's really what it, and maybe it's not a secret. They, they can get hit. I get my bell rung. It's a concussion. I'm out for a week. And Chris Collinsworth did not make that up. It's real. Because if I get him the legs, the knee, ankle, I'm out for the year. If I get hit in the head, yes, we know long-term. We know that there's brain damage. We know CT. We knew all of that. They know that when they play. But they want to continue to play, getting paychecks. It was t it's tough to hear it, but it's true. So Chris didn't you know, just make that up. Paulie, this day in sports history? Ah, sad one, Dan. 1966, the NBA granted a franchise to Seattle, the Supersonics. Uh, Got to get that one back. Yep. Make it happen, Dan. Yep. Kobe Bryant on this day in 2005 scored 62 points in three quarters. He scored more points than the Mavericks did. It was 95 to 61. Kobe had 62. Stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, stat of the day, here comes that what? Stat of the day. Thank you, Ron Burgundy. Todd, what did I learn on this program? Carson Palmer cannot believe Bill Belichick apologized to the media for being sure with them after Saturday's loss to Indy. 
The compact GLA proves it's not the size of the SUV in the fight. It's the size of the fight in the SUV. Learn more about the nimble and ready for anything Mercedes-Benz vehicle at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for the phone calls, emails, tweets, the all-around support. Have a safe Monday. Enjoy the football. We'll talk to you tomorrow. One more item as we close out this Monday show. Masterclass offers exclusive classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class masters at the top of their fields. You know, you had Steph Curry teaching you how to shoot. Mariah Carey teaching you how to sing. Martin Scorsese teaching you about filmmaking. Gordon Ramsay teaching you about cooking. There's so many great things to love about this. Each class broken into individual video lessons. And there are about 20 lessons per class, 10 minutes per lesson. So it's really easy to consume it on your own time. You can do it anywhere, at any time. Phone, computer, tablet, smart TV, or listen with the audio mode. There's over 100 classes, and you have a range of world-class instructors, the best at what they do. And if you ever wanted to pick up a hobby, it's closer than you think. Plus, this holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. Go to masterclass.com slash Patrick today. Masterclass.com slash Patrick. Terms apply. You can find all the classes, including the new ones, at masterclass.com.